Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Your wait is over. The Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast is about to start. A Medicare tearjerker if there ever was one. High on drama mind, Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. It's so wonderful to have you here with us on this magnificently warm and sunny Arizona morning. My name is Doug Jones. As my Canadian nephew may have told you, I am your Medicare expert, and I'm here to help you feel confident about your impending encounter with Medicare. It's uh, one of these contests that you can win every time if you have the knowledge that you need and if you're willing to exercise that knowledge, Medicare will surrender, throw up its arms and say, welcome, welcome, I'm not going to fight you anymore. How does that happen, you ask? Well, I'll tell you how that happens. All you have to do is buy my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. And uh, when you read that thing, uh, you'll find that it's a quick, easy not challenging read at all, but when you're finished, you're going to be a Medicare expert just like I am. The only thing that stands between you and Medicare expertise is just the price of the book. And if you go to Amazon.com, you're going to find four different versions of the book at four different price points, depending on whether you're uh, impecunious or whether you're flush. You're going to find the uh, book that was designed especially for you, but all four of those contain the same excellent Medicare knowledge that's fed to you in spoonful, bite-sized portions that will allow you to be confident that your Medicare encounter is going to come out uh, just exactly the way you want it to. And then if you still need to have a few I's dotted and T's crossed, within the book is my email address. I invite you to contact me and say, Doug, I need a little more help. I need a little clarification. I might need you to act as my insurance agent, and I will be happy to do all of those things for you to wrap it up. And once you have encountered Medicare and conquered it, you're going to find that uh, life resumes in a much more easy, comfortable way for you. You'll be fully protected against uh, horrible medical expenses, and if something bad should happen to you, the outcome will be as as uh, positive as it's possible to be because your resources will have been protected and uh, you will only have, uh, you know, the, uh, the good parts of dealing with the federal government, which is protecting your assets in the event of uh, scary medical expenses. So come on along with us as we talk about Medicare. Uh, when I say we... I'm uh, referring to my cohort in crime, Randy Carson. Randy Carson is sitting there giving serious thought to every word I'm saying, wondering how he should respond to this. Randy, how about a response? 
Hi. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I feel as though I might have stressed you out a little bit today with my introduction. No, I'm just looking at our podcast uh, script here, and I'm particularly excited about this one because the topic is one that's near and dear to my heart. Okay. And I want to know all of the reasons that what is worse than Medicare Advantage. Well, it's really a serious thing. And so I was trying to wrestle today when I chose that to be my leadoff subject for our podcast. I wondered how I was going to make it entertaining and I don't think I've discovered a way. So that's why I put it first. I'm going to, I'm going to deal with that little thing because it could be a big thing and it could be a massive uh, problem for us and for future generations, for your daughter and her children, for my uh, son and daughter and any children that they might have. My daughter has two. My son has yet to have any, but you just never know. Uh, these uh, future generations could suffer if we allow this travesty of justice to occur. And so that's what I was going to talk about. But first, I bet you have some sort of a stupid law for me to talk about. How's I that? do. I was going to say, before we get down into the dim, dark, distant dungeon of Medicare advantage yes let's go ahead and do something a little bit lighter Mm -hmm. i have before my face a list of stupid laws on the books in various states well actually i have one law for each state in the union i gotta i gotta say that introduction to this episode uh to this segment sounded very much reminiscent of what went on with uh the amazing karnak Ed McMahon always had an (laughs) explanation for what was about to happen. Found, stored on the porch of Funkin' Wagnalls, we found, (laughs) yeah, trust me, I, because of the nature of, uh, you know, my family, I had to listen, that was a required family uh, deal there. Oh, I'm not surprised. So if it didn't matter whether you were six years old or 60 years old, you were going to be watching that thing or you were going to be excommunicated from the family. Well, it, it, there are worse things to have happen in families, so that that was, I'm um, sure, more enjoyable than many things that happen in other families. Well, here we go, Doug. This is this particular law is from your neck of the woods. All righty, Kansas. Um, wait a minute. How did how did Kansas get to be my neck of the woods? Well, it's close to Oklahoma. Yeah, you're right. It is. It sits on top of Oklahoma. Yeah. So here we go. Okay. This is this is a law. Now I'm going to tell you what the penalty is. Okay. And then you're going to guess what it is you can't do. Already? Lay it on me. Right. So this this law hails from Derby, Kansas. Okay. Have you ever heard of Derby, Kansas? Never, never have I heard of Derby, Kansas. Well, I haven't either, but let's just pretend that it that it's one of the big metropolis areas sure. of Kansas. Absolutely. So here we go. What can't you do in Derby, Kansas? Catch catfish by hand. All right. Well, I thought you were giving me an easy out here because we had <laughs> we had Kansas and it was it, oh no, wait. We had Oklahoma 
and there were no stupid laws in Oklahoma, but in Kansas, you said right next door. Well, this it, this is a different law. I'm working. This is a different. Le- There's massive lists of these things around. So I had no idea that you could have more than one dumb law per state. Really? Well, I, let <laughs> let me let me just break it to you, Doug. Every state has at least twelve hundred stupid laws. Holy crap. All right. Well, I thought it was Noodlin, you know, because in Oklahoma, Noodlin is uh, like a uh, familiar favorite pastime. But in Kansas, it was outlawed. That was the last yeah. time we touched on Kansas. So I thought, oh, he forgot that we did Kansas. So I can I can get a few points here. But all right. So Derby, Kansas is uh, something is outlawed. And uh, the penalty is. Did you tell me the penalty? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you the penalty. The penalty is if you get caught doing this in derby kansas now they call it a city okay okay so so that means it's big in kansas right a sure, city. For any, kansas. Any, anything in kansas <laughs> called a city is yeah. some is it's big okay so anyway here's what you uh get fined for doing here's here's the fine if you do this you could land up in prison for a month or pay a fine of five hundred dollars oh boy or both so what can't you do in Derby, Kansas? This is very reminiscent of our Arkansas stupid law where you cannot impersonate or dress up like a member of the clergy. And uh, I recall that the the uh, penalty for that was fairly substantial. So Derby, Kansas, you cannot um, you cannot water your petunias on Mondays that have an odd number. Uh, in other words, if you have a money that's on the 13th of the month, you cannot water your petunias on that date. That's probably oh. true. Now, that wasn't what I was looking for. But <laughs> okay. I, well, could I, you... <laughs> it's, it's, so, so the reason I brought this to your attention, Doug, is given the fact of who you are and how much you like cars, you yeah. are at risk of doing this. Oh, really? Well, wow. burning you rubber? In, if, if you are burning rubber in Derby, Kansas, you are toast. Mm. That's disgusting. That's un-American. How can you outlaw such a an all-time American pastime? All-American pastime. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there must be some reason for it. But other and to than go maybe, to prison? To go to yeah, prison? We're talking prison here. Like you're going, Jeez. you're going to the you're going to the slammer. This is what and movie so was I it? Could just, I can just see it. You walk into the slammer and you go. What do you do? What are you here for? Yeah, Bubba. Bubba's asking me what I'm yeah, in for. Bubba, you know, he's big. He's got, you know, he hasn't shaved since his whole since he was six. Yeah. And he goes, what, what are you in for, buddy? Tire burning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can picture Bubba kicking my butt. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, boy, I'll tell you right now that that's um, I, I would like to see that law overturned because it's just an all-American tradition. When you got a hot car, you go out and uh, smoke some tires. They oh, even yeah. make they even make tires for uh, tire uh, you know for contests that give off pink smoke and blue smoke. Oh, that, that this is just wrong. No, so is this the new way of a of announcing your child's sex? You know, that's probably a good use for it. I'm just saying that at some burnout contests, uh, they have colored smoke that uh, the tires will emanate. I don't think it has anything to do with the announcing the sex of your unborn child, but that's something they could use it for, I suppose. Well, I, I would just have, I would prefer to have black smoke. Okay. Yes. Black, smelly rubber smoke, that's- black, black, smelly rubber smoke that will choke 
a choke a toad out, that's the way, know, out, out in the park, you know. That's the way God intended burnouts that to be. That is, that is, that's the way God intended it to be. Not pink, yeah, not smelling I, good, nothing. I, I did a magnificent burnout in St. Charles, Illinois, back in about 1968 or 1969. And um, it was at a drive-in restaurant. And years later, I ran into people who said, now, who was that that did that magnificent burnout? Well, it was me. Oh, I forgot it was you. People were still talking about it years later. It was one of the crowning achievements of my youth. And what were you driving at the time? It was a 66 Chevelle Supersport. SS 396. Uh, and, uh, boy, I burned some rubber off of my tires that night. You probably cut, you know, you probably had maybe, you know, well, back in the day, you know, tires didn't last as long, but you, you might've had, you know, 9,000, 10,000 miles left on them. When you got done, you didn't get to the end of the parking lot, did you? Yeah, they did not last very long. You're absolutely <laughs> right about that. In fact, my first SUV I bought in 1989 was a Chevy Blazer S10. And, um, I realized when I needed to put tires on that thing that I had driven 80,000 miles on the same set of radial tires and hadn't even realized how long they had lasted. And didn't have a speck of tread left, huh? Whereas I was putting <laughs> tires on that Chevelle all the damn time. Oh, I bet you were. I bet you were. Well, we need to get moving forward yeah, here, Mr. Let's do Jones. That. We've got a really serious uh, Medicare subject to take advantage or to, uh, uh, to uh, talk about here. Uh, I put in the uh, subject matter, the list of uh, notes that I give to Randy, which he calls a script. I call a checklist, <laughs> but um, this is a serious one. And I'm really surprised it hasn't made more uh, noise around the country. Uh, I, the question I asked Randy was what is worse than Medicare advantage? And he's anxiously waiting to see what is worse than Medicare advantage. And this is no joke, ladies and gentlemen, it is a, Trend, uh, trend, um, a bill that was passed by the California legislature and signed by the slimeball Governor Newsom in California on October 7th. So this has been news for five weeks now because it's about the 12th of the December right now. And uh, October, no, oh, that's two, two months. Um, it's been a long time since this thing was passed and signed into law. And frankly, it's a frightening, frightening um, state of aver- uh, state of events in California that could spread into the rest of the country. Uh, Newsom signs bill that may resurrect his pledge on single-payer health care. California Governor Gavin Newsom, I don't even like saying that idiot's name, once pledged to implement single-payer health care in California, but he later backed away. Well, he just signed a bill that takes a tiny step towards the holy grail of those on the political left. To those on the left side of the political balance beam, no issue is more important or more elusive than having medical care provided directly by a governmental system. Why in the name of God? Now, this is me talking. This is not the article. Why, after we have Canada right across the border, showing us what a poor idea single-payer health insurance is, government-provided health treatment uh, is, why would anybody look at Canada and then say, hey, we want to do the same thing? It's incredible to me that this would be happening in a modern part of the United States. So anyway, he says, dubbed single-payer, that's the name of this uh, movement, it would eliminate insurers 
and other aspects of the private enterprise from medical care and provide everyone the same services regardless of income or other characteristics. And I will say, I'll go farther than the article or the author of the article, um, it'll provide everybody the same services regardless of quality. In other words, everybody's going to suffer the same quality decline in American medical care, just like in Canada, where bribery is uh, what gets you moved up to the head of the line if you have a severe medical need. Not surprisingly, back to the article, those who want it were elated when in 2018, California's leading Democratic candidate for governor virtually promised to deliver it. Five years ago, that was. I'm tired of politicians saying they support single payer, but that it's too soon, too expensive, or somebody else's problem, Newsom said. His pledge won him support from the single-payer crowd, such as the California Nurses Association, which I'm led to believe is a radical left organization. It decorated a bus with Newsom's face and the words, Nurses Trust Newsom. He shares our values and fights for our patients. And that bus toured the state of California. Once he got elected, however, Newsom um, moved away from his pledge, saying that his goal was universal health coverage, not necessarily single payer. I think that the ideal system is a single payer system, Newsom said in 2022. I've been consistent with that for well over a decade. The difference here is when you're in a position of responsibility, you've got to apply. You've got to manifest the ideal. This is hard work, and one thing to say, it's another thing to do, and with respect, there are many different pathways to achieve that goal. Incrementally, he and the legislature expanded Medi-Cal to groups lacking coverage, such as wetbacks. That's my term. Uh, the article calls them undocumented immigrants. Those actions, plus mandates and subsidies of Obamacare, eventually resulted in 94.8% of Californians being covered. The issue arose again this year with two measures in the legislature, one creating a framework for a universal system and the other a tax increase on businesses to finance it. The tax proposal would raise about $150 billion a year to offset the loss of employer-provided coverage. Oh, like that's going to do it. Uh, oh, the article goes on to say that's roughly a third of the estimated cost of a single-payer system for nearly 40 million Californians. The remainder would, in theory, come from pooling money already being spent by federal, state, and local governments. The tax measure went nowhere. But the other bill, Senate Bill 770, was signed by Newsom last week. And that law, that bill, Senate Bill 770, directs state officials to negotiate with federal authorities for a waiver under which money now flowing into the health care from Washington, roughly 50% of the state's total public and private medical expenditures, that money would be given to the state of California. It would finance a comprehensive package of medical, behavioral health, and pharmaceutical, dental, and vision benefits, which includes primary, preventive, and wellness care services. It doesn't specify a single-payer system, and some advocates, particularly that lefty Nurses Association, opposed it. Why did they oppose it? Because it didn't go far enough. That's a frightening thing when your nurse is a communist. It described Newton's uh, approval of SB 770 as a complete betrayal of the nurses' fight for a single-payer health care policy, a fight striving to achieve health 
justice for our patients and our communities. However, other advocates see this bill as advancing the concept because the federal fund uh, financing is critical. At most, Senate Bill 770 is a baby step. Getting the feds to chip in more than $200 billion will be difficult because it would supplant Medicare, which covers the elderly, and the systems that now cover federal employees and retired civil service and military personnel. A single-payer system also would require Californians now receiving care through employers, unions, or public agencies to give up their benefits and join a universal system. Would they be willing to trust their medical needs to a state government with a sorry record of managing big programs? One of the things they mentioned is the bullet train project. I don't know how many billions they've thrown away on that travesty of justice, but it's frightening that the state right next door to us, California, all of a sudden, all of a sudden has taken a step into the, the uh, darkness of government taking over health care and the payment of health uh, you know, uh, treatment when the government is telling doctors and uh, medical facilities how and when and how often and what they can do to treat a patient. It's just as bad, if not worse, as Medicare Advantage plans where you give up the uh, treatment protocol dictated by your doctors and you must accept the treatment protocol in a Medicare Advantage plan uh, as uh, the one dictated by the accountants and the bean counters that run those plans. So your your uh, company that has your Medicare Advantage plan is the one dictating your treatment. And uh, in this case, California, if this plan continues to uh, move forward and if they're successful, then it will be government functionaries that will be telling you what your medical treatment should be and when you can get it and how often and whether or not you can get it at all. And that's what's going on in Canada, England, New Zealand, I believe, and several other places around the globe. Socialized medicine, be very afraid. So now uh, for a lighter uh, mention of of uh, my my um, adoring fans, uh, our buddy Steve down in Texas has been busy lately. Uh, I told him that uh, I was answering one of his questions, and I said, you know, I mentioned or I saw something else that you asked about, and I don't remember whether I responded to it or not, so uh, let me know if I did. Now, he hasn't answered me there, but I did run across the original question he asked. Here's his question from a while back. He said, you mentioned that you had a conversation with somebody who was hoping for a single-payer type of insurance. And I do remember mentioning that. It was an article I was reading that I agreed with everybody about their uh, assessment of, of uh, Medicare Advantage plans, but they wanted to get rid of Medi- Medicare Advantage plans and institute a single-payer system. And I said, that's where we part company because single-payer is going to be the death knell of quality medical treatment in America. And uh, so Steve goes on to say, you said that you were against that. Isn't Medicare part A and B single payer, meaning that the payer is the government? What am I missing here? Well, Steve, you're exactly right. Medicare is single payer, but Medicare is not dictating the um, quality of the coverage that one could have. When you're covered by Medicare, your doctor is still in charge of your treatment. So you and your doctor can decide together what you need to do. Medicare is very accommodating when it comes to a doctor telling Medicare that uh, this procedure or that procedure are 
medically necessary, and uh, they will not uh, impose restrictions. Now, closer to a single-payer type of management is uh, managed care, which is uh, allows the, um, uh, the plan, the payer, to veto any attempted treatment that they don't want to pay for. And we talk about this an awful lot with uh, Medicare Advantage plans that have prior uh, authorization and utilization review. Those are two tools that Medicare Advantage plans use that single-payer plans use in order to um, ration care. And that's what it all boils down to. They want to ration care. That's how they save money in these plans. But Medicare does not have either of those two tools. So for a single-payer plan, yes, it's uh, the government paying for the treatment, but it is not uh, managing your care in a uh, very evil way like we see in Medicare Advantage plans and uh, other types of uh, single-payer arrangements. So that's the big difference. Medicare is a benign and friendly form of Medicare uh, or medical treatment that allows the patient and the patient's doctors to control what is done. But um, in a single payer, uh, a typical single payer, single payer arrangement, including Medicare Advantage plans, they are using tools that will limit and uh, basically refuse requested care. And that's where things go wrong. So Medicare Advantage, remember that uh, 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 prior authorization and utilization review, the two tools that those plans use to save money and prevent treatment, expensive treatment that they don't want to pay for from occurring. Steve also had another little thing. He said, here is a gotcha that drug plans sometimes sneak into their formularies for certain drugs. And he said, you don't know about these tools unless you look at the exact formulary for each plan. He said, the last time I mentioned uh, quality or quantity limits, QL, uh, where the plan limits the amount of medications you can get in a month, the well care plan that I suggested for Steve was showing up as the least expensive for him. I taught him how to go to the government website and pick his own inexpensive plan. And that same knowledge is available to anybody who reads my book or who has listened to some of the episodes of this podcast in which I tell everybody how to pick out your own drug plan. Well, Steve looked at a well care plan that was recommended as being the cheapest for him, and he uh, looked into the formulary for that plan, and he saw that one of his drugs had a PA notation. This stands for prior authorization, which means that they want your doctor to fill out some paperwork, and maybe they might approve this for you. He said, I wanted to avoid this, so I went with a different plan. Well, that's uh, a good example of Steve taking advantage of the opportunity that he has to exercise his freedom and not have to ask for permission for treatment, or in this case, a drug from a uh, bureaucracy that controls the way the plan operates. So it's uh, kind of important that we try to discourage people who insist that Medicare be subjected to those kinds of controls and that the bean counters take over all of your uh, your treatment decisions. That is not what we want in America. That's what they have in Canada, England, and a few other sorry places. And frankly, they don't have the political clout to turn that around. So don't let them get their foot in the door because they'll force it open. And uh, pretty soon we'll be uh, 
going down a rabbit hole that we don't want to go down. Now, Randy, I've got a list of people here, and I want to tell you that I have something in common with these people. I'm going to rattle off the names here, and I want you to tell me when it strikes your uh, when, when your knowledge, when the light bulb goes on over your head, of what I have in common with all of these people. Let me just throw out a few names here. John Lennon, Drew Barrymore, Deborah Messing, David Letterman, Brittany Spears, Jodie Foster, Taylor Swift, Jennifer Lopez, Gwyneth Paltrow. Anything coming to mind yet? Uh, no. <laughs> I'll keep going then. Sandra Bullock, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Justin oh, Bieber. That, that, okay, you're you're okay. Justin Bieber, that did it for me. Okay, uh, what I I what, got the nice haircut have, or? Yeah, what you have in common is uh, I have heard. I'm, I don't have this on any really good authority, but I have uh-huh. heard that they all like to drink beer. Okay, that's one thing that we may have in common. There's something else, though. The last two names on my list, and I got tired of writing. I got writer's cramp. I could have gone on and on, I'm pretty sure. George Harrison and Winona Ryder. Now, this list of people and I have something very important in common, and obviously you're um, confused and at sea here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell I, you what it is. I'm absolutely lost. Very much like a stupid law. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now you're sitting on the other side of the, uh, the screen, so to speak from the stupid law contest. I have a stalker. Those people all had stalkers, famous people, really? with stalkers. and I wanted to tell you that I have a stalker. I'm proud to say, I'm proud to join that list of August celebrities. Uh, my stalker is a guy named Jules and he lives in Maine. Now his wife, I don't know if he stalks her or not, but she uh, gets to go live in Florida during the wintertime. A Maine winter can be an unpleasant thing from my perspective. Yes. And apparently yes. she agrees because she takes off in the fall and goes to Florida and lives there all winter. Well, Jules lives in Maine thinking of what to do to people he stalks, I guess. And so I got <laughs> my latest message from Jules, and I'm I'm always happy to know he's out there. My latest message from Jules is, I want you to know I'm always still in your podcast background <laughs> so thank you jules you've just creeped me well, out again <laughs> now he's a fun yeah, guy I, i'm telling you that you're just right up there with the top of the heap jules is a fun guy and i i like him he's a client he and his wife are both clients and i'm happy to have him in the audience but i just thought i'd share that little knowledge uh, that cool. i have a stalker along with others well we probably want to slam the doors on this thing before we do. Uh, well, I don't know about that. We're gonna we're gonna bring the plane into the airport easy. I think we're gonna bring her in on uh, twenty three left. But before we do, I always want to mention that Doug loves to hear from prospective clients, current clients, any kind of a client. You can reach out to him at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. You can always rest assured that Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. Check us out at the website at medicareforthelazyman.com. We would appreciate a review. We're coming down to the final, final days of the year, and we could always use a good number of reviews, whether basically on any content we produce. But having said that, last but certainly not least, thank you for joining us. You could have been anywhere else doing a number of different things, and you weren't. You were with us, and we really appreciate that. And if you haven't kept track on your wristwatch, you have just spent 
about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma originally. Not now. He's up in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona, fighting off the Medicare zombies. I saw him over the weekend doing this. And ultimately, he's going to have to be fighting off Comrade Newsom here shortly. Absolutely. And that that's just a sad state of affairs. But having said all that, we need to go up and close up shop. I checked out, and he is now writing at about 32,000 feet up in the high ground behind Cave Creek, and he can see everywhere in the valley for what he's looking for, which is Medicare Advantage zombies. Very godlike, aren't you? (laughs) Yes. He's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I sure hope you'll come back to our next episode very soon. Bye-bye.